Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. So a 12-year-old boy opened fire while robbing a gas station in West Michigan earlier this week. So this shooting happened at a Marathon gas station um, in West Michigan there. And 12 years old, apparently he stole the gun from his parents, allegedly, and walked into the gas station, held him at gunpoint, and the lady, the cashier, looked at him and like said, "Really? You know, are you, are you, you're actually robbing me. You want me to stick the money in the bag?" He said, "Yeah." And he fired a shot in the air to prove that he was serious. That it was a loaded gun. Twelve years old. And I'm going to ask you, at twelve years old, what new, what proposed gun legislation that everyone's talking about would have prevented this twelve-year-old from walking to the gas station and doing this? All right, so let's see. We're not going to outright ban guns altogether. That's not going to happen in this country. We're founded on firearms, so that's not realistic, okay? Uh, raising the age limit to 21 to purchase a rifle would not have prevented him from walking to the gas station with a handgun, which most, most crimes are committed by handguns, not rifles. What about safe storage law? Okay, so safe storage. So he apparently broke into the safe wherever the gun was located, and stole the gun from his parents. So it was in the safe. So apparently, allegedly, it was in a safe. So we'll see. As this is early, so we got to get deeper into that to find out. So apparently, somehow, he broke into the safe. You know, it's, it's a rotten kid. 
you know, he's a rotten kid. That obviously. is a rotten Obviously, kid. He, he walked into the gas station with a freaking gun at 12 years old. and Robbed a gas station at gunpoint. Robbed a gas station at and gunpoint. fired a shot. Wow, fired winning. <laughs> and fired a shot. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. Okay, so, no, nah, that wouldn't work. Safe storage. Yeah, we'll see. The jury's out on that one. Uh, let's see. What else? What other? Red flag laws. Red flag laws. That's right. Um, hmm, I wonder if there are any other red flags. Yeah. Well, he's a rotten kid. Well, could they have reported him? Maybe a friend? Did he tell anybody? Did he post it on social media? Don't know. But if he did, we have those laws in place already. Mm-hmm. So mm, nothing new there. Okay. Uh, wouldn't have changed anything. So nothing would have. I don't see anything. Unless you know something, please give me a call. My call-in number is 512-643-5483. That is 512-643-5483. Give me a call and let me know because I would like to know what proposed legislation that everyone's talking about right now since we've had these, uh, you know, since the shooting that took place in Buffalo, New York, which I anticipate because what happens is, and the news media will tell you this, you know, ask anyone from the media, how come you guys don't report on suicides? And they will tell you, we don't report on suicides because if we do, there would be more suicides. So when they covered this, you know, the Buffalo shooting, the mass shooting, and the, and the way that they covered this by continuing to go on and on and on about it, what happened is it spurred other people to commit other crimes, copycats, all copycat shootings all across the country. So it alerted all the little crazies. It, it, it was like a trigger mechanism, and they're all triggered, and they want to outdo the previous shooter. So they admitted it. Oh, they, yes. I've, I've asked several media outlets this. National major media outlets. How come you don't report? You know, you don't do major stories on suicides. You know, whenever you know, whenever someone jumps off a bridge or someone shoots themselves, how come you don't? You know, you don't cover that. And you know, they said, well, because if we do, then more people will commit suicide. So they actually admitted that. Actually admitted it. But then they have just twenty four seven coverage. Twenty four seven. Hammer it down your throat. Shooting, 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 and all it does is trigger people. So they they know the effects and the power. In which they have. They know that power. And that's why they're doing what they're doing because they're trying to affect legislation in this country. They're trying to push uh, legislation on the national level. They're trying to push les- legislation on the state level for something to happen. Because what did Joe Biden said? You know, what did he say? Do something. You know, that's what Joe Biden said. Enough. Enough. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, enough is enough. That is right. I wish he would just retire, but that's just me. Don't <laughs> call me. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Don't call me. No, matter of fact, do call me. Call me right now. My number is 512-643-5483. Call me now. Don't call me at the shop. Call me now. 512-643-5483. And let me know. I- I'm just curious. A 12-year-old kid walks into a gas station, steals a gun, walks into a gas station, fires a shot, and robs the gas station at gunpoint. You know, this is... This is crazy. Um, you know, there's there's evil out there in the world. And and honestly, we, we need to do better at parenting. I think those are the issues. Parenting. Let's hold parents more accountable for these monsters that they're raising. Uh, we need to do a little more. If you're, you know, you know your friends on social media and they're saying things that you think that are, to- you know, not just toxic, saying things that are dangerous, that are dangerous to other people. They're talking about, you know, committing crime, you know. Uh, you need to do something and report that. You hear something, say something, and let police investigate that. And so I think that will cut down on these issues that we're seeing. 
you know, um, you know, the guy in Uvalde, you know, there's someone that he was talking to. Uh, he was text texting throughout the entire day exactly what he was going to do. He texted this person, sent text messages to this person the day before, you know, talked about everything that he was going to do. Uh, so it's out there. You know, someone, this person, these people are talking to someone. They're alerting someone because they want someone to know that they're going to do it because they're, they want to be heard. They want to be seen. They want a big deal. They want to be on the news. And so we're not doing anything to stop them. That's how you get it done. Uh, parenting. Parents have got to, you know, sit down with your kids. Be aware of what your kids are doing. You've got to get on their social media. You've got to take a look at their cell phone. You know, I was, I was actually in class today talking to one of the classes because we had two different classes today. And I was talking to one of the classes where – uh, they were shocked that in the Texas law that is legal for parents to use force on their kids. That's right. Yeah, that's right. You know, your your parents can it's in Texas laws, Texas statute. Parents can beat their kids. It's in the law. And also teachers can beat their kids. Corporal punishment is allowed in Texas. It's 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 called force. Parents and teachers are allowed to use force on kids. Really? That is right. It's in it's in Texas law. That is right. And that that's what we need, you know, a little more beatings in this world. That's just me. Uh, I know. I'm probably going to get in trouble on social media. Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? I know. I'm going to get in trouble. But if I'm wrong, give me a call. 512-643-5483. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Peace. This is Mark Touré. You're listening to Come and Talk Radio with Michael Cargill. Talk 13. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 7, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Oh, 
prosecuted again are black. ten times more likely yeah. to be the victims of crime than to I want the NRA people to have to go to all the funerals. Right. I want people who are part of the NRA to have to go to the funerals of these children. Or look at the picture. You know? Look, at, look the picture. at the picture. And also, I don't want all your guns the way you don't want to take away all my rights to abortion. I don't want all your guns. I want that AR-15. I want it. And we're going to vote it out so it's going to not be accessible. Listen, even, even Justice Scalia, yeah. who was one of the most conservative justices in the Heller yeah. case, said that the Second Amendment is not absolute. It's there are limitations better. on yeah. it. And in fact, what he said was the right was we, not a right to keep and carry any weapon whatsoever right. in any manner whatsoever right. and what, for whatever purpose. Scalia there was are not limits. for it. He said, there are look, limits. we're not doing it anymore. Yep. I'm telling y'all, we have to vote it. We just have to put it to the vote and remove the AR-15. Keep whatever else you got. Get rid of the AR-15. We'll be back. You're not gonna get it. You're not gonna get it. You're not gonna get it. We're not giving it to you at all. We're gonna keep them. I'm keeping all my ARs, and you're not gonna get not a one. You're not gonna get not a one. I bet she doesn't even know what AR stands for. No, she doesn't. No. No, because she's Uh an idiot. And just so you know, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Shall not be infringed. You listen to that, Whoopi Goldberg. Shall not be infringed. And let me tell you, um, you know who 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 formed a rail a well regulated militia? Who? You know who did it? The Border Patrol agents down there in Uvalde. Uh, they went into that school down in Uvalde, the elementary school, against. The person that was in charge, the police chief, against his orders, and they got together and they said, you know what, screw this. We're going in against, you know, uh, his orders, and we're going to take this shooter out. And, they, and that's exactly what he did. They formed a well-regulated militia, and he w- went into that school and took out the shooter. That's how it's done, and that's what it's for. That's called the Second Amendment. <laughs> the proof is right there in the pudding. Yeah, so Uvalde PD did not want them to go in. They didn't want anybody to go in, and they didn't want to go in. Yeah, the 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 Uvalde uh, Independent School District uh, police chief did not want anyone to go in. Yeah, so and and guess what? The border patrol agents said, "You know what? Now nah, we're going to do this anyway." Yeah, after about ninety minutes, right? Seventy-seven minutes. This guy was inside the building in the elementary school. Seventy-seven minutes before he was shot and killed. You know, to me, that seems like a long time for him to just be in there with unfettered access to whatever he wanted to do with no one standing up against him. Yeah. And and the funny thing about this, Zach, is that the the chief, that police chief of the, the Uvalde Independent School District, you know, he took an online active duty shooter course. Did he? Probably a couple weeks before this, right? He sure did. How did uh-huh. you know that? Because that's just <laughs> how it happens. Um, you know what? Let me let me do my refresher course online of, of active shooter. <laughs> And that's what happens when you take an online course. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that's not funny, but that's what happens. My goodness. Mm. You know, and and I'm willing to bet that what's going to come out from this, and we're going to find out because it's it's like the truth is is coming out piece by piece. You know, every every week something, you peel something back and say, hey, that wasn't true. Here's the truth here. And you know what? I'm willing to bet – just by listening to the wounded, because I'm thinking an AR-15, 556223, that bullet hits a body, 
If you hit someone in the shoulder, it's going to take that shoulder off. And he was using uh, like soft nose rounds or some kind of hunting round like that. Uh huh. So it would, it would take. So you get shot in the in the shoulder, it will remove your arm. Mm-hmm. But what about the people that are that were wounded and released from the hospital? I'm willing to bet that's from police fire. That's from police officers using handguns that actually shot. And and I'm willing to bet that's going to be the 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 Uvalde Independent School District. This is just my guess. The Uvalde Independent School District, when they arrived on the scene, I think they accidentally shot some of the kids initially. And that's why they pulled back and said, hold your position. I think they kind of freaked out at what they did. Freaked themselves out, you think? Yes, I think so. Because I'm looking, I'm listening to the, you know, just the wounded. You know, I'm like, wounded? Hold on. You were shot with an AR as an elementary school kid with a 5.56223 bullet? Nah. Nah, you, you, didn't, you didn't get released from the hospital in, in a couple of hours. Not with a five five six two two three, no ma'am, no sir. That's going to be a handgun. That's that's a handgun bullet there. Oh, but uh, Biden said that a nine millimeter bullet can blow your lung out of your back, though. Yeah. Well, he also said, um, also said, step out on your front porch and you know fire a shot in the air off your shotgun too. <laughs> we Corn Pop was a bad dude. He also said, you lying dog face pony soldier. <laughs> Whatever that lying means. Lying dog face pony soldier. <laughs> yeah, he did. He's so senile. <laughs> Bless his heart. All right. I tell you. And in in minute, as like I said, you know, more and more stuff is coming out of the Evaldi. Um the uh, there's a, a a video we're gonna play uh, play you later on in the hour, a funeral home interview. Uh, the people that worked at the funeral home across the street from the the elementary school, uh, when they, uh, they're going to tell you what happened when the shooter pulled in, wrecked the vehicle, and started firing shots at them. Apparently, they actually the uh, the the employee of the funeral home wanted to go get his rifle to go into the school and chase down the shooter, but the police told him no. Man, crazy! And now he's having he's having guilt because of that he's having like survivor's guilt. Because, you know, he, he's having to be, he has been the pallbearers for several of these funerals. And he, you know, was capable of stopping a shooter and didn't because the police stopped him. And he's So feeling, who's that on, him or the police? He's feeling know? guilty. And these people, this little town is a very, very, very small town. And they're going through a lot of, it's going to be a lot of pain, a lot of therapy. And I wouldn't drive anywhere near Uvalde right now. After, in the next 30 years, 40 years, I wouldn't drive anywhere near this town at all. These kids... Tough. These kids, have, I mean, just exp- what they experience in that school, man, oh, no. And they're wanting to bulldoze the school before completely finishing the investigation All of these kids, well. however how many kids are in this school for the next 50, 60 years, they are traumatized. Mm-hmm. You're going to raise, and you're going to raise a generation of traumatized people. They want to just town. completely this tear down area. that school, rebuild it. But, pff, that's not going to change anything because now well. it's been ingrained in their, in, embedded in their head. These people are traumatized. They've experienced something very traumatic. So they're going to be traumatized as, as parents when they grow up, as teenagers, parents, grandparents, and, you know, and then they're going to raise kids. You know, that's going to affect that generation. So we're talking generations to come. I wouldn't go anywhere near Uvalde because of this. Uh, also, let's see. Oh, and, you know, Uvalde Police and the Uvalde School District, they are no longer cooperating with the Texas probe of the shooting. Yeah, and, and and see that's that's something that needs to change. So we need have the, we need to have some type of legislation uh, because we need to stop this thing of police departments being able to investigate themselves and have no oversight whatsoever. 
You know, a police department can, you know, it, something happens, there needs to be some kind of civilian oversight. And I've said, th- I say this almost every single radio show. And there needs to be transparency. It needs to be. And they need, you know, there needs to be a civilian oversight where they have the authority to prosecute, you know, and, you know, not just, you know, it, it's just, this is just crazy to me. Not I, just have complete as a professional, qualified immunity. Yeah, as a professional truck driver, you can be a professional truck driver. You know, that's your job, your profession. And something happens. Um, as a professional truck driver, you can't you can't be point away. You have to be below that legal limit. You held accountable Higher even when you're driving standards. your yeah even when you're driving your private vehicle your your POV your privately owned vehicle you're held to a much higher standard in your private vehicle as if you're driving a commercial vehicle. You know, so yeah, this it doesn't make sense to me that we're not holding police officers to that standard. We always make excuses for them when they make mistakes. Oh, would they have a tough job? We got to stop making excuses and hold them accountable. And don't get me wrong. I support law enforcement. I am pro-law enforcement. We need more police officers here in Austin, Texas. We need to we need double the amount of police officers that we have here in this town. Because one road rage is going through the roof. Crime is through the roof. Um, Man, we're dealing with so many break ins and thefts and robberies in this town and so many different shootings. It's like it's doubled here. like overnight in a matter of like a year and 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 because we're we don't have enough law enforcement but when you know someone you're on the job you're supposed to be held you should be held to that much higher standard because you've had the training you had the training you you know you know how to conduct yourself you know what the rules are let's follow those rules yeah and we have the expectation of police officers to be you know heroic kind of like we do with firemen you think of firemen as the guys who will go up to that burning building and run inside of it in order to save some people who are trapped, right? Yeah. So you would think police would uh, kind of be expected to hold that same standard of, uh, you know, putting themselves on the line for other people that they've sworn to serve and protect, right? Right, exactly. I, I can't go, you know, like the ATF comes in and says, hey, Michael, uh, as a federal firearms license dealer, you're supposed to do A, B, C, D, E, and F. Okay, if you don't do A, B, C, D, E, and F, then we're going to call you into the carpet. And, you know, I don't get a pass by saying, oh, well, you know, it's okay, Michael, because you do so many, you know, transactions. You do, you know, thousands of transactions a year. You have a hard job. Yeah, you have a very hard job. So we're going to let you pass because of this, because your job is really hard and it's very stressful. So we're going to let you slide. That's not how it happens in any profession in this country. Oh, some guns disappeared? That's okay. Yeah, you had a hard month. You were real busy. Yeah, it's okay. We understand. No, it doesn't happen like that. You're going to be held accountable for that. I'm going to be held accountable for that. I can go to jail, prison for that, because that is a federal law. I'm a federal firearms license dealer. That means everything I do in the gun store, I got to follow the federal law, federal guidance. That's how it works. We come back from the break. We're going to talk about Trump Jr. We're going to talk about more about Uvalde. Uh, we got a lot more to talk about, uh, news stories all around the country. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hi, this is Stephen Williford, the Barefoot Defender. I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. Talk. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball both powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about gun news from all around the world, all around the country here. Donald Trump Jr. argued on Saturday that guns aren't to blame for the massacre at a school in Uvalde, Texas, suggesting that the shooter could have killed children with a bat or a machete. In a video posted on Facebook, Trump Jr. sought to counter those proposing tighter gun laws in the wake of the shooting at Robb Elementary School last week that left 19 students and two teachers dead. They'll blame it on guns. They'll blame it on everything because no one can possibly take responsibility for their actions, he said in the video. And he continued to make, continued by making fun of people who would blame the shooting on the gun, but not this sociopath willing it. And, and what's funny to me is a lot of excuses I'm hearing. I'm hearing excuses from the mother. I'm hearing excuses, you know, and that's excuses. The mother's saying, well, you know, please, you know, forgive. You, you need to forgive my son. He had a reason for going into that school. What? Yeah, he had his reasons. What? Are you, is she crazy? Okay, so he was picked on by high school kids, so he went to an elementary school. So that's a reason? She's crazy. 10-year-olds picking on him? And that is the, there lies the problem. The mother is the problem. The mother, she raised this social The father path. wasn't there. And the father right. wasn't there? He lived a couple blocks down, but he was totally out of the picture is my understanding. Had no guidance whatsoever. Didn't have a father figure in his life. And didn't even have that mother figure, really, because he lived with his grandparents. Lived with his grandparents. His and grandmother, they, who he shot in the face. Who he shot in the face, who couldn't keep up with her. Who shoots a grand, their grandparents, their grandmother in the face? So, you know. I've, Would an age limit change that? <laughs> I'm just I'm just putting it out there. Hmm. Raising the age limit to 20. You can raise the age limit to 30, okay? This kid was a nutcase, and he would have done the same thing at 30 years old because he was crazy. So the left says blame the gun. The right says blame mental illness. But in reality, this is really just evil. It's evil. It's yeah. He was beyond evil. mental illness, it is yeah. evil, you know? Yeah, he's definitely and, evil. And what you do about evil? You kill evil. That's the only thing you can do. In the moment when it is committing, it's evil. If everything, if everyone does their job, you know, lock, go, we're going back to locking and securing the doors. I said this on the last show. We, you know, this was discussed back in 2018 during the Santa Fe high school shooting. Uh, we got to do something about all the doors at schools. We got to reduce the amount of doors, secure the doors, have a plans for a plan for locking the doors. Here we are in 2022. And you mean to tell me that they don't have sensors in the main office to let them know that the door is propped open? This is 2022. How can you not have that? Mm -hmm. I have that for my, I know in my business, I will know if my front door, my back door is propped open 
for 30 seconds or longer. It the system will let me know. How can you not how do you not know that in 2022? What if you know so you know what if someone comes in the gun store and steals some firearms? You're gonna hold me accountable for that. You're gonna hold me accountable, you know, for not securing the building. But we're not doing that for this this school here. We're not holding the teachers. Where's the principal of Uvalde Elementary School? You know, where are the administrators with this stuff? Give me a call. My number is 512-643-5483. Call me because I like to know. Someone need, you know, someone's to blame for this. How do you how, if the door was broken, you know, if it didn't latch properly, if it was propped open, that should have been addressed and fixed immediately. We're talking about protecting the babies here. Complacency kills people. That's what gets you killed and gets you hurt. Complacency, being lazy about security. You you lock these doors, secure the doors. There should be two teachers assigned to each door to check and make sure those doors are locked and make sure the classrooms are locked. I've gone and spoken to a lot of different schools around the state of Texas. And I'm telling you now, every school I've been to, I've had to be buzzed into the school. You can't just go through a side door. It doesn't happen that way. It shouldn't be like that. At this point in 2022, we should definitely have had a plan for these doors. A person should not be able to run to the school, wreck their car, run to the school, and immediately open the door and go inside and start killing babies. Absolutely not. And then, man, the incompetence, just incompetence of the the independent school district police department. I'm just floored by that. Uh, totally floored. You have body armor. You have the rifles. You have the handguns. You have the ammunition. And you, you're, 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 you, they, there's a, there's a video. We, we have a video of a, a little girl that says that, you know, hey, um, the, one of the police officers opened the door. They looked at us and then they closed the door back. What is that all about? cowards that's what it's about and I, I can't get away from that i'm sorry they're kids man there's no way in the world i can you know i can i can sleep that night without going you know thinking oh my goodness these kids i'm gonna give my life for these there's no way i'm gonna let anything happen to these children yeah i bet any one of those parents would have been willing to go into that room bum rush that guy even if they didn't have a gun or any kind of weapon i bet any one of those parents would gladly have gone in there just for the chance to stop this guy. Yeah. Yeah. And Trump Jr. is among several Republicans who have defended gun ownership in the aftermath of this shooting. Uh, his father, former President Donald Trump, said in a speech at the National Rifle Association's annual meeting that leaders should make it far easier to confine the violent and mentally deranged into mental institutions. So you have to go back and, and do some research on the mental institutions and find out why we're in the predicament that we're in today. Was uh, Reagan? Was it uh, that defunded you know those institutions? And there's a reason he defunded the institutions. But yeah, that was done through the Reagan administration. Um, and and man, and we have these problems you know all over Austin. I just think of you know like even today you know I'm teaching a beginner firearm safety course, and then uh, my you know the cell, the clerk uh, Matthew comes in and says lets me know there's a problem you know in the gun room. Uh, apparently, there's a guy who's you know deranged in the gun room. Asking, you know, trying to buy a gun, asking questions, want to take a class, and he's just out of his mind. And so I have to come out and, uh, you know, address this guy and, you know, put walk him out the building, you know, put him outside and 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 kick him out off the property, you know, in the middle of my class. And it's just, you know, just the things that we have to deal with on a daily basis. I deal with this all the time. 
you know. And I, I, I don't have I don't have the energy. I don't have the time to call the police. It's it's not worth my energy. It's not worth my time because they're not going to show up because there are no resources. <laughs> so I don't even bother with it. So I deal with it myself. I you remove this person from the building, kick him off the property, and go on about my business and continue with my day because that's all I can do. Because you know there's no need calling the police because they're not going to show up. You know, it's it's just where we are today. This is 2022. I have to handle it myself, <laughs> and, and that's sad. This is where we are. And it's, it, it will be a continued problem because I can't get this person reported. Guess what? I can't get him, you know, into, you know, he's a problem. You're, we're trying to get him off the property, uh, committing criminal trespass, you know, asking questions of, about things, you know, and he clearly is not the type of person to own a firearm. What a concept, a gun store, you know, telling you someone shouldn't have a gun, uh, but I can't call the police because they're not going to show up, you know, so it's not worth the energy. Guess what? That person's still a problem out there. That person's going to be a problem in the next hour. That person's going to be a problem tomorrow. That person's going to, it's going to grow to something else until he does something really big. And then guess what we're going to do? He gets his hand on a gun. He does something really big. Then we're going to blame the gun. And I couldn't, we couldn't get any assistance to deal with them before now. That's what we're talking about right there. Prime example. Prime example of, where, of why we're in the situation that we're in today. Uh, what else we got to talk about? Um, the um, the in the Uvalde uh, Police Department, uh, Uvalde School District Police Department, uh, like you said earlier, Zach, they're no longer co uh, cooperating with the Texas probe of the shooting, mm -hmm. um, and so I don't I don't know if that's changed because things change from day to day, week to week, you know, about this. So and, 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 and we, I was talking about that earlier. I didn't finish my thought is that we we've we've got to uh, these the school districts are held accountable by someone. And either we we need to put, you know, rules or laws in place to where these agencies, these departments do their job. Um, there's a big, huge problem with, you know, Agencies, police departments, even cooperating with gun stores, you know, assisting gun stores is the issue with that. Uh, there's so many different things that we can focus on that we can tighten up our system uh, and our checks and our balances here to where we can, you know, get things done. You know, but first, you got to start by adding more police officers, making sure they have the right resources, holding them accountable, making sure those resources are being used the right way. And then they need to assist the gun stores. Because we're not getting any assistance at all. Person walks into a gun store. They want to sell a gun. Wants to repair on a repair a firearm. There's no way the gun store can verify that gun's been reported stolen. No way at all. You know, and that's a major issue that I've constantly talked about. And you know, a lot of gun stores have this issue. They bring a lot of gun stores call me. You know, it's like, hi, what do we do about this? How can we fix this? How can we're not getting any help from our local police department? On this, I said, because they talk about you know wanting to do the right thing. Your 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 city council, your mayor, you know your the uh, your state legislature talks about you know wanting to do something about crime or violence. Your DA, the district attorney, talks about it, and that's all they do. They use it as a talking point, but when it comes to actually solving the problem, they want they don't want to do anything to solve the actual problem. So here's what I'm gonna do. Next Sunday, next Sunday at Central Texas Gunworks, we're gonna have a a gun discussion for the next show uh, from four to five thirty p.m. on next Sunday, which is June twelfth, twelfth at four p.m. 
live on the air at Central Texas Gunworks in the gun store, in the classroom. I'm inviting the Austin mayor, Steve Adler. I'm inviting the police chief of the Austin Police Department. I'm inviting the district attorney um, to Central Texas Gunworks. I'm inviting all the city council members to the gun store. I'm inviting some elected officials. You know, heck, I'll even invite the freaking governor and the lieutenant governor um, to the gun store to talk about this in the gun store. In the gun store. What a concept. I want to talk about gun violence in the gun store and what we can actually do and solve the problem. I'm inviting all news outlets to the gun store for an hour and a half. I want to talk. I don't want to argue. I don't want to debate. I want to talk about what we really can do, what both sides can agree on what we can do and go for. Let's talk about what is achievable. What are some goals that are achievable that we both can do on both sides? Because there are some issues. There are some problems and we need to address the real problems. We got to come together and listen to each other. And I'm, I'm going to hope and pray that I can make this happen next Sunday at Central Texas Gunworks at 4 p.m. on June 12th. And we'll also have uh, another guest there, right? We're also going to have the Cantor family. Um, For those of you who don't remember, uh, Doug Cantor was killed on 6th Street. A year ago, uh, a year next ago. Sunday, it'd be a year ago, June, June, June twelfth, uh, in that mass shooting that took place in Austin. Fourteen injured, or something like that, isn't that right? Right, and he was the only one that that actually was killed in that in that particular shooting. Mm-hmm. Happened downtown Austin. So the family's going to be here, and we're going to invite them and all of our elected officials, and we'll see who shows up because they want to do they they want to have their different events all around town and talk about gun violence. But let's get together. Can we have a true, real discussion? Because I don't want to argue. I don't want to debate. I want to talk about, you know, some goals that actually are achievable. What are some of the things we actually can do to get done? I don't want talking points. I want solutions. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Coley on Noir, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. Remembering the last moments with her best friend in class. We were told that we were going to go into lockdown. The terror was about to begin inside room 112. Uh, my friend was saying that it was really normal and don't be scared because it's going to happen. Chloe Torres is new to Robb Elementary. Her best friend, Amory Joe Garza. I didn't feel safe about her. The gunshot started. Chloe and all the students hid to try to survive. I was kind of looking at the ground because I was scared. The fourth grader says the gunmen entered their classrooms of Miss Erma Garcia and Miss Eva Mireles. The 10-year-old recounting what her teachers did. She ran over to us, sat down, and started covering my friend. She started saying no because he said, you'll die. And she shot my friend with the phones. And he shot my teacher, Ms. Garcia, and Ms. Videlas. At one point, the brave little girl turned her friend's phone off. I didn't want anybody else to get hurt. Chloe walked out of that class without her BFF. Amory, considered a hero, 
was one of the students who called 911. She is also one of the 19 students killed. A week since the shooting, Chloe went back to Rob, a place where she met her best friend, the place where she lost her. I would tell him I love him and I'm going to miss him. Very sad, very sad. Um, definitely have to do more to protect the babies. Uh, we, we're, we're in a habit of having police officers at high schools and middle schools and using them for disciplinary actions, but we're not in the business of having them there to protect the school as security. That should be their job, to have police officers there for security to protect the school, not as a disciplinary tool. And unfortunately, the majority of your elementary schools around the country do not have a police officer at the school because you know why? Elementary schools are not a disciplinary problem where you need a police officer. You want to know why it really is, though, that they don't have private security? Why? It's because all the private security, they've already been hired to guard politicians, oh, teams of them. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. These politicians have five, six, seven people. Deep. Yeah. Def and they have weapons that cannot be purchased by the general public. That's right. Mm-hmm. What a concept. <laughs> yeah, you look at Nancy Pelosi, she's got five guys at her side in suits with short barrel rifles mm. under their jacket. Mm. What a concept. Mm -hmm. Just think, if we just had one person. Just one. At each school. Just one. Uh -huh. All you need is one. Yep. And, you know, and someone that fills in for that person when they go to lunch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. What a concept. It's yeah, not that difficult. This person wasn't that plainly marked, you know. Yeah, it's not even that just wearing regular clothes. Yeah, and, and all the shootings, guess what? All the shootings typically happen between the time school opens and always before lunch. First thing in the day? First, yeah, in the day. Yeah, that's when it, that's when it always happens. So it's like a no-brainer. You know, let's t you know, you would think, okay, let's tighten up security. That's when they always happen, folks. You always hear them 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock in the morning, school opens, and it's always before noon when these things happen. So during that time frame, you would think they would tighten up security during that time frame to make sure, let's make sure the do those doors are locked. Let's not be complacent first thing in the morning. Let's have a routine. You know, once all the kids are in, we've, you know, we've played our Pledge of Allegiance to the flag, our Pledge of Allegiance to the Texas flag. Um, we've, you know, you know, we used to do a morning prayer. I don't think they do that anymore, right? No, they don't do that they don't anymore. They don't pray anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, that's been a lot. I'm telling my age now. <laughs> okay. So, so I did it when I was in school. Shows how much I knew, right? Okay. You used to say the Pledge of Allegiance right. to and all that. Yeah. Don't know if they do that anymore. Yeah. I don't know. These people, you know, everyone's born after 1993. That's a whole nother generation anyway. Mm -hmm. Usually bisexual anyway, so I don't even know. But anyway, moving on. So, um. <laughs> <laughs> you went um, off the rails there real quick. Yeah, real quick. <laughs> and womp womp. Okay. So, you know, we, during that time frame, you would think, you know, we have a plan for, you know, two teachers, you know. Your, your assignment is this particular door. You know, you're to check the door, and then you go, you're also to go back and check the door also. Let's, let's double do it. You have double duty there. And, and then secure the classrooms. Let's conduct our class. And then, oh, let's, we're going to, we're going to, now there's the next break, the first break. Same thing. Kids walk the hall, do whatever, da 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 Let's secure the doors. You know, same thing, you know, when it, and that next break is over. You know, and let's have two people checking those doors. You know, very easy concept. And, and we've tested glass out. You know that Do you, the last back in 2018, we had the the Santa Fe high school shooting. We tested glass specifically specifically for schools. And this glass, I've said this before and I'll say it again. 
This glass was designed so that teachers would be able to shoot out the door, shoot out that window at a shooter and shoot the shooter, but the shooter wouldn't be able to shoot into the school. One-way bulletproof glass, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bullet resistant. Uh huh. That's right, because nothing is really proof. You know? That's a, this colloquially termed. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Exactly. That's what it was designed for. Hmm. And we tested this stuff out. It, it worked great. You know, I took it to the range. I used different calibers. Um, and all that stuff, and it worked wonderful. You know, so it, it gives it gives you that time. You can never stop someone one hundred percent. What you can do is slow them down. Locking the doors, the glass that slows them down. That gets the a police officer there to stop this person while they're still outside the building trying to get in the building. I don't think you would give them seventy seven minutes though. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole nother level of cowardice. I don't understand. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Please explain that one to me. Can't. Help hard. me understand. Yeah. And now the next one I want to show you is um, we have the the funeral attendant who encountered the gunman says that he tried to go after that shooting shooter, but was held back. So once again in Uvalde, a funeral attendant and and this is the person that came across the shooter first. So right when the guy got there, wrecked his vehicle, he jumped out his vehicle. And that's when the funeral attendant was, you know, across the street from the school. That's where the funeral home was. And they, you know, encountered this guy. He sh- fired shots at them. And this guy, you know, went and got his rifle to go into the school to stop the shooter, but was stopped by law enforcement. T- take a listen to this. Me thinking he was dazed out. I told him, you okay? Are you all right, man? You need help. And he takes a, he he looks away from me inside his truck, and I see him grabbing something from his truck, and I'm we're still asking him, hey man, you okay? At that moment, he looks right back at me and with this with that evil look, and I see this rifle. How far were you from him? I was from like maybe eight ten feet around there, and as he takes out this rifle. He's looking at me, and I tell my, my co-worker, oh, man, he, he has a gun, he has a gun. And as soon as I say that, I tell him, run, run, he has a gun. He, we both take our running. As I turn around, I fell. I fell on the street because there was a sidewalk and the little, the little curb. I fell on the street, and I scraped my elbow, and I messed up my thumb. And I'm looking, when I fell, I'm looking back at him like this, and he's trying to clip on the, I knew what kind of gun, it was It was an AR-15, and I could see when he's trying to put that clip on that gun. And as I look up, my coworker was already, you know, across the street. And as soon as I'm getting up, I'm looking back, and this guy's already pointing at, at us. And you just hear, pop, 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 pop. And he missed all those shots. He was shooting at both of us, and I could just hear a ricochet, and I look at him like that, and I get up, and as I'm running, I look back, and he was aiming that barrel right at me and my coworker. Pop, 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 pop. Mm. Man, uh, that's that's crazy. And 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 then he, you know, he actually went and and got his his gun to try to go into the school to stop the shooter, but he was stopped by law enforcement from going in. And so the shooter was able to get into the building and stay in the building for 77 minutes. Seven 
77 minutes over an hour in the building before he was stopped by Border Patrol agents who formed a real well-regulated militia when against the, the officers on the scene, the officer in charge orders went in anyway and stopped and killed the shooter. We come back from the break. I want to talk about the Austin Police Department. We want to talk about Buffalo GOP. I want to talk about the escaped Texas inmate. Also, the Phoenix police officer discussed that. And a GOP lawmaker pulls out a gun. We come back from the break. We're going to discuss all that. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Brittany Glaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. And I do want to play a video a little later on in the in the in this next 30 minutes here. Angeli, A-N-G-E-L-I Gomez. Uh, she did an interview with CBS Morning News. Uh, it was on their like on their Twitter. Angeli Gomez. And she was the mother of the two kids at the Rob Elementary School who was handcuffed by marshals at the scene. They finally released her from handcuffs, and she darted past the police and went into the school anyway, grabbed her unarmed, grabbed her kids, and pulled them out of their classroom. You know, unarmed, went through police and grabbed their kids and brought them to safety. Angela Gomez. And then apparently she was threatened because Angela uh, Gomez happened to be on probation. And so they threatened to revoke her, her probation. So, you know. And this lady's a hero because she, you know, she was a mama bear. Mama bear, her kids were in trouble. Her kids were scared. They're probably sending her text messages that they were scared. And so mom did what moms do. And she went into that school. She darted past police, went into the school, grabbed her kids, and brought her kids out to safety. That's how it's done. Let me tell you. And I, I want to, and I do want to play that video um, a little later in the hour. Of, the, of her interview, because that's a very good interview. She describes the whole thing in detail. She talks about it, and she's very emotional. She's really, uh, and, and that, that's that's what moms do. You know, if, 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 yeah, if we can't, you know, you can't do it, then send the mother in. Send the mother in, give the mother the guns. They'll go in, they'll take care of that shooter, trust me. Those mothers, they're going to protect their kids. Take a listen to Angela Gomez. Right away as I parked, um, U.S. Marshals started coming toward my car saying that um, I wasn't allowed to be parked there. And uh, he said, well, we're going to have to arrest you because you're being very uncooperative. I said, well, you're going to have to arrest me because I'm going in there and I'm telling you right now, I don't see none of y'all in there. Y'all are standing with snipers and y'all are far away. I'm, if y'all don't go in there, I'm going in there. He right, immediately put me in cuffs. She says after Uvalde police officers told marshals to uncuff Gomez, she ran towards the school. As soon as they uncuffed me, I jumped that first gate fence. And once I jumped it, I went to my son's class. And I knocked on the door and I remember the teacher saying, um, I'm like, hey, they're already, they're already um, bulge cutting the fence to get me. She's like, you think we have time to get out? I said, you have time. I'm going to run for my other son. Once she was assured her son was okay, Gomez ran to get her other child, encountering more officers who tried to stop her. So I start yelling and I'm being a cooperative and I'm like, well, y'all aren't doing shit. What are y'all doing? Y'all ain't doing shit. 
Y'all need to be in here. Give me your best. Somebody give me a best. Some, something. I started paying attention to how far the shots were being so that I knew the shooter was all the way still by my first son's class. So when I went to my son, my second son's door, the teacher didn't want to open the door for me. So that's when they started um, escorting me out. And as I, as I see that they're opening my son's door, I go run for my son and I get him. With both of her kids out safe, Gomez still can't shake the thought of those who didn't make it. While you were inside the school, did you see officers there inside the school? There was not one school? officer inside the school when I In ran to areas. my second son's class. There was not one officer. And you were hearing gunshots, so you knew you that could hear the it gunshots. was an active shooter. It was still active. The gunshots were still active. They were not in there. There was no one in there. If anything, when I pulled up, my car was closer to the school than, the, where, than where the snipers and everybody that was laying on the ground were. When you heard that it took law enforcement 75 minutes before they went in and stopped the shooter, what was your thinking, having been inside the school yourself? I don't know. I was just thinking that they could have saved many more lives. They could have gone into that classroom and maybe Two or three would have been gone, but they could have saved a whole, a whole more, the whole class. They could have done something, gone through the window, sniped them through the window. I mean, something, but nothing was being done. If anything, they were being more aggressive on us parents that were willing to go in there. And like I told one of the officers, I don't need you to protect me. Get away from me. I don't need your protection. If anything, I need you to go in there with me to go protect my kids. And if anything, they were being more aggressive on us. They were more pertained on keeping us back than getting into that school. Mm. Very sad. Listen to that. And that that's the true story. You know, let's not let them, you know, some media outlets paint you a different picture of what it was on the ground there. Down. You know, listen to this young lady. Listen to all the other videos that we've showed. You know, we, you've listened to today of people that were actually there on the ground and what they saw and what they experienced. That's the truth, because we didn't hear any. We have yet to hear this. I've yet to hear any of this you know, in detail like this uh, from the Texas Department of Public Safety or the governor or anyone like that. So, you know, these we, we're getting this. Man, this is fresh here. So this, these people were on the ground. You know what she's claiming now, too? What's that? Uh, Gomez claims she got a call from someone in law enforcement who said if she kept speaking out about the botched police response to the massacre, she'd be charged with a probation violation for obstruction of justice. Thuggish. Bunch of thugs threatening this mother who's a hero. Nothing but a bunch of thugs. That's who does that. She's a hero. We're, and like she said in the video, they're more aggressive to her than, you know, than, you know, getting in there and saving those babies. Shame. Just shameful. There's outside hearing gunshots. Just shameful. Knowing their kids are in there. A disgrace. Shameful. So let's go. Let's talk about Austin, Texas. So in Austin... Five of the 19 police officers indicted on an aggravated assault charges stemming from the May 2020 protests have filed a lawsuit against the city of Austin, the Travis County District Attorney's Office, and various social justice groups. The officers filing suit are Joshua Jackson, Roland Rast, Todd Gilberson, Derek Lehman, and Alexander Lamost. Uh, they're, all they're all on administrative leave pending the outcome of the criminal charges. And the lawsuit states that plaintiffs were ordered to respond and were given less than lethal beanbag rounds for which they were provided no training and some of which proved to be defective or expired. Adam Murray, the attorney representing the five officers, says they filed now, they filed now because the statute of limitations for certain legal actions stemming from the May 2020 protest expired last month. 
We brought this suit now because it's only been three months since their indictments, and that's when the fullest extent of damages became known to my clients. Because before that, their damages were different, according to the attorney. Uh, the Austin Police Department has previously addressed the faulty beanbag rounds, and they say that, hey, we reached out to, uh, just so you know, you know, we, I'm, I'm hoping to get someone from the Austin Police Department, you know, on our panel next week to discuss gun violence in Austin and, you know, these mass shootings. I want to talk about gun violence in the gun store and talk about solutions. I want to hear from the police department. I want to hear from the, the, the attorney. Uh, I want to hear from the, uh, the dis district attorney's office. I want to hear from the mayor, city council. You know, those are the people I want to hear from. What are some of the solutions that, that are attainable? Uh, the city learned of a potential lawsuit through the media, and, and if and when the lawsuit is filed in court, the city will follow its regular process to respond to a civil lawsuit brought against the city. That's a statement by the city of Austin. And the lawsuit also alleges numerous times the crowds were riotous and the officers followed orders to keep the crowds safe. Causes of action in suit claimed intentional infliction of emotional distress, defamation, malicious prosecution, negligence and negligent hiring, supervision, training and retention, among other things. None of them had training on using these types of weapons while wearing gas masks, according to the attorney for the officers which is obviously difficult because in this situation, they made the decision to put the CS gas out onto the interstate. And these officers are now having to use these weapons with these masks that block their field of vision and make it more difficult. Some of these officers were also not specialty officers and were not part of the special response team. So some of these officers had no training on how to use these less than lethal rounds. So... That's from the, and you got to follow that story. That's an important story because that's May of 2020. And that's when, you know, a lot of things were going on around the town, man. That's when all the, you know, the break-ins were happening. The riots were going on. While the riots were going downtown, you had break-ins all around the city uh, because the police were focused. Police were, you know, spending those resources trying to, you know, control and, you know, contain the protesters. Uh, they didn't have enough police officers to patrol the streets. And so that's when, you know, we had a break-in attempt at the gun store. Uh, that's when Red's indoor gun range had a break-in. You know, 40, about 40 guns were stolen. Uh, both two academies were broken into. Some, uh, pawn shops were broken into. Uh, targets were broken into. A lot of things were happening. And it all, all that stuff, like, happened around the same night, which is crazy. And so that's, it was a very crazy time. So hopefully a lot of that stuff comes up because you got to paint that picture of how things really were, you know, when this stuff happens. And, and you know what? I have jury duty. What? Yes. You know, you know they're not gonna pick me, right? Maybe. Nah, you know, as soon as they see me, I'm gonna you no, know, I'm not gonna wear a red shirt. I'm gonna go in there in a black shirt. I'm gonna you know <laughs> try to you know be you know try to change my look and everything, you know, wear some glasses, you know, to, to look like a Shut totally your different mouth. Yes, I am. <laughs> look like a totally different person. You can have a Bible in your hand. When yes, you walk in. <laughs> praising the Lord, you know, say my little prayer and everything, sit down and yeah, you know, yes, no, answer the questions and all that good kind of stuff. And, You're gonna wear your holster on your belt. No, 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 no holster. No, no, no holster, none of that. And then see if I can, you know, get on this jury. But they gotta kick me. I guarantee they kick me off in the first hour. <laughs> you never know. Maybe you'll get to complete your civic duty. I'm trying. I want to try to. That's why yeah. I, you know, I responded to the 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 letter, a postcard, or whatever that I got, and and you know, answered the questionnaire online, and all that kind of stuff, because I want to do my duty as a as a you know taxpayer, as a uh, as a voter, you know, do my civic duty and do jury duty.
Yeah, last time I was called into jury duty, I'm waiting there, and then they come out and say, oh, well, he pleaded guilty, so you guys aren't needed anymore. Thanks for coming, though. Mm. And I was like, ah. Ah, all right. We come back from the break. We got to talk about Buffalo GOP. Escaped Texas inmate, Phoenix police officer, GOP lawmaker pulls out a gun. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Folks, this is Doug Man Jones. <laughs> and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and let's go to the phone lines. Our call-in number is 512-643-5483. That's 512-643-5483. Hey, caller, you're a caller. You are on. Steven, you're on with Come and Talk It. What's going on with Steven there, sir? Good evening, Good. Well, I heard a week ago uh, from Joshua Phillip on the Epic Times. He's got a uh, podcast that he does in the evening. That one of his other reporters at Epic Times, Jack Phillips, had interviewed Customs and Border Patrol agent Wayne Jackson. He's the guy who shot the shooter. Apparently, he was off duty. He was getting a haircut. He gets the call, and when he's before he's even finished with his haircut. The barber loans him the shotgun, and he went and took care of business. Mm. Now, with now, a shotgun. Now, more is coming out from that because he's now, and I know exactly what you're talking about, Stephen. He's now recanted that. He's backed that story up a little bit and said, "Yes, he he, he did borrow a shotgun. He was getting a haircut. He grabbed the barber's shotgun, went to the school, but now he's saying he was not the one that actually shot, you know, the shooter." He's now oh, he's, okay. he's now come back down away from that statement initially that well, he made. Do you think that he's backing down because he's being coerced to do so? He is a federal agent in an administration which is very anti-gun, right? And 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 there were federal marshals on the scene helping to restrain the parents. Yeah, yeah, it's man, it's I don't I don't know, you know. Honestly, and this is a, and mind you, this is a very small town. This is not like Austin. It's, you know, it's, you know, you're talking very small, very, very. Yeah, I think that the whole town had like eight or nine police. Right. And then they had 19 law enforcement people show up. Right. That right. were supplemented by federal marshals. Right. And federal marshals, they probably had active shooter training. Right, right. And they sat there for, you know, almost an hour. Yeah. And all, all of them really. That, instead, of, instead of doing what they all, multiple had been trained how to do and what to do. Right, yeah. I heard Uvalde's police budget is 40% of their city's budget. Wow. Yes, this same show, I mean, the same school had been shut down with lockdowns 48 times during the during the previous one school year. Really? Didn't know yes. that. So kids yeah. totally yeah. thought it was nothing when it happened, I bet. Well, yeah, they're so used to doing lockdowns. Apparently, completely you know, so close to the border, there's these these uh, armed people that are suspicious people coming over the border with this border invasion we got going. That every time they see somebody, you know, they they, they end up shutting the school down. Mm. Forty eight so, times you know, in the last year, geez, that's like once a week. 
Look, yeah, or more. 48 lockdowns. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. With, with Uvalde, I mean, the border is a mess. Right. The people down at the border are completely fed up with this open border thing. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. Anyway, I, I'm glad yeah. that y'all heard some more on that, but it's a pretty, pretty amazing story that a guy who's off-duty, he speaks to, and he's the one who helps initiate the BOTAC team to go in and take care of business. Right. I heard that he was the guy. Yeah, yeah, and and, and and being that this is a very small town, you know, everyone knows everyone. A lot of people are related to each other. Man, this is it's it's a it's a crazy situation, and you know, I hate that this is man. This is going to affect that area for a very for generations to come, generations to come. Something this so tra- something so tragic, tragic. All right, thank you, Stephen. I appreciate it, sir. Why the federally trained marshals? All right. who, who knew how and what to do were so busy outside trying to restrain the parents That's right. instead of trying to get in there and stop the active shooter. That's right. All right. Thank you, Stephen. Appreciate the call, sir. All right. All right. So let's go to let's talk about the uh, the GOP. <laughs> so in Washington, Florida Congressman Craig Stube pulled out a mul- pulled out multiple handguns during a House Judiciary Committee hearing Thursday aimed at curbing mass shootings. Uh, so the Republican congressman appeared by video conference from his Florida home, arguing that Democrats are trying to strip Americans constitutional right to bear arms by restricting the ammunition they use. Don't let them fool you that they're not attempting to take away your ability to purchase handguns. According to the congressman, he says they are using the magazine ban to do it. And the congressman said his Sig Sawyer P365XL comes with a 15-round magazine and would be banned if the Democrats Protecting Our Kids Act passes. Uh, the congressman also said the Glock 19 would be banned as well. He also uh, displayed his Sig Sawyer P226 and a Sig Sawyer 320. Uh, the display of weapons added to the attentions of legislative hearing packed with partisan and personal broadsides over an issue that has deeply divided Americans. And Strobe demonstrated his firearms. Democratic Rep. Sheila Jackson Lee of Texas could be heard cutting into his speech. I hope that the gun is not loaded, she said. And Strobe sharply responded, I'm at my house. I can do whatever I want with my guns. And the congressman also drew criticism from Representative Eric Stallwell, Democrat from California. Oh, geez. Yeah. So Rep- Representative Stallwell says, this is who Republicans are. Kids are being buried and they're bragging about how many guns they own during our gun safety hearing. He said they are not serious. They are they are a danger to our kids. He's pointing out the fact that they would ban the most sold handgun in the United States, the Glock 19. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. All right, let's push for it. Yeah, let's go to Phoenix. So Phoenix, uh, Phoenix police officer who fought for his life after he was shot eight times in December is returning home Thursday after making a recovery. His family's calling a miracle. So Tyler Modolvin, 22, was shot in the line of duty on December 14 after he and other officers responded to calls reporting a vehicle driving erratically and doing donuts at around 2 a.m. in the morning. He was assisting other officers in his search for the driver at an apartment complex when they spotted Essa Williams, 24, hiding behind a wall in an apartment patio. Phoenix Police Sergeant Vincent Cole said at the time, you know, and, and also Cole said that Moldovan issued commands to Williams, who then shot him several times. 
The young officer was taken to the hospital in a critical condition where he was placed on life support and not expected to survive, according to the court documents. And Williams was booked at the in the Maricopa County Jail on charges of attempted first-degree murder, possession of a weapon by a prohibited person, and resisting arrest. Possession of a weapon by a prohibited person and resisting arrest. Hmm. Ain't that something? Let's go to Texas. All right. So over in Texas, escaped Texas inmate dead after being linked to five sling, according to what authorities said. So the Leon County Sheriff's Office, located about halfway between Dallas and Houston, announced about 10.30 p.m. that Gonzalo Lopez was captured and deceased. Uh, this happened on Friday. Officials said he had been killed in a shootout with authorities in a out of Cosa County near San Antonio. And authorities had released additional information hours earlier about the search of Lopez, 46, who had been on the run since his escape from a prison bus last month. Man, this guy, has been he's, he escaped a month ago? Wow. And he'd been running a month. In, in, in a series of tweets, the Texas Department of Public Safety and the Texas Department, uh, Department of Criminal Justice said Lopez may have been driving a pickup that was missing from a cabin where authorities found five people dead. So allegedly he killed the five people inside this home. Wow. And then took their vehicles. Well, that search is over now. Wow, for almost a whole month, he was on the run. That is insane. Let's go to Buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo, New York. Republican Rep. Chris Jacobs announced Friday that he will not run for another term in Congress amid backlash over his support for new gun control measures. Uh, Jacobs, who represents parts of western New York, including suburban Buffalo, told reporters he has decided to retire instead of facing what he said would be an incredible divisive election. His announcement came just days after he broke with his party and voiced support for a federal assault weapons ban. The last thing we need is an incredible negative half-truth-filled media attack funded by millions of dollars of special interest money coming into our community around the issues of guns and gun violence and gun control, according to the representative. He said last week, last week as the nation mourned the daily shootings at a Texas elementary school and Buffalo supermarket, Jacobs said that he would vote for a federal assault weapons ban and other measures if he had a chance. His comments sparked furious backlash among conservatives who have refused to consider new gun control uh, legislation to try to curb the violence. So he's going to if that bill comes up, he's definitely going to vote, a, you know, a vote for that bill. There's some, apparently there's some other Republicans that are jumping ship as well and doing the same thing. So we'll see how these numbers, you know, how these numbers come up. Because uh, that's the House, you know, so as far as the House, it's easy for some uh, anti-gun legislation to get passed in the House. But the problem, the question is, would it get passed in the Senate? So that's going to be the question. I'm curious about that. Yeah, so because the Senate, the, the Republicans have uh, uh, Republicans have a strong hold in the Senate and they're going to need, a you know, a certain amount of votes there to get that passed in the Senate. So I'm just curious how that's going to all play out. And if and then midterms elections are very important. Uh, this November, it's important because whatever happens in November, you know, if there's a, if Democrats take a stronger hold of the Senate and even stronger, and they maintain you know maintain power of, of the House, then that means they would have all three branches of government to do whatever they want because they have the White House. So that midterm election is very important because whatever happens there will affect the next two years and any gun legislation, you know, 
So if you're worried about losing your Glock 19, you know, in that bill that they're talking about, you're worried about, you know, losing your, your SIG P250 or, you know, your SIG 320, you, know, you might want to pay attention uh, to your midterm elections and get out there and go vote. Because the Constitution says a well-regulated militia being the necessary to, to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. As always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Hey, this is AWR Hawkins, Bright Park News. You're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.